Hello, and welcome to The X-Ray. I'm Fernando Espuelas. First, let me explain what we're doing here. There are a lot of great podcasts, and there's some really great political podcasts, but we're doing something different. We're taking a different road. We're taking a fresh look at our political system. Introducing The X-Ray, a new political podcast about political power. Who wants it, who wills it, and why? A penetrating analysis of the biggest issues facing American politics. Interviews with power players, conversations with politicos, experts, and national journalists. And a special segment called X-Ray Vision, a fun exploration of the real person behind the political title. I'm your host, Fernando Espuelas, and I hope you'll join me every week on The X-Ray. For more information, check out thexray.org, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. The X-Ray is a project of Issue One. I'm Weston Womp, and this is Swamp Stories, presented by Issue One. We know John Ossoff hid cash from Chinese communists and terrorist sympathizers. But Ossoff's lies can't hide his radical agenda, threatening to defund the police. Now, Purdue's blocking help for small businesses and stopping stimulus checks for Georgians. David Purdue, he's never been for you. Those were just two of the ads that made Georgia's two-month runoff for the U.S. Senate a $500 million advertising bonanza. Nothing like it has been seen in American political history. Research by OpenSecrets.org shows that 326 million of that came from outside groups, super PACs and 501c4s, and they were almost exclusively running negative ads. So where does all the money come from? Well, billionaire Stephen Schwarzman, the CEO of Blackstone Group, gave $15 million for the runoff alone to the Senate Leadership Fund, which is the super PAC affiliated with then-Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the same one that made that attack ad against John Ossoff that you just heard. Billionaire hedge fund manager Ken Griffin gave $10 million. Billionaires Patrick Ryan and Tim Mellon gave $5 million apiece. And Majority Ford, the PAC that's affiliated with then-Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, and the one that's responsible for that Purdue has never been for you rhyme, well, they had plenty of their own billionaire donors like the founder of Netflix, Reed Hastings, who gave a million dollars. The point is not to single out these wealthy business people. The point is that we know who they are and which races they were wanting to influence because they played by the rules. Now, we could debate whether this much money should be allowed to be given by a single donor, but each of these contributions was given directly to a super PAC, which by law is required to disclose the identities of its major donors. The problem is that increasingly, we don't know the identities of donors giving to super PACs, while these groups are spending more than ever. Let me explain. This is episode 25, The Funnel. You have 501c4 dark money groups that just give to closely aligned groups that then spend. In many cases, these groups may even share staff, share resources, even share office space with these closely tied super PACs that they're giving money to. 
And it's basically just adding an extra step. And because the donor is giving to the dark money group that is then giving to the super PAC that is then spending rather than the donor giving directly to the super PAC, the donor's identity is not disclosed. As Anna Masoglia of OpenSecrets.org explains, the once rare practice of funneling dark money became a go-to strategy at the highest levels of government on both sides of the aisle. In the 2020 cycle, both the Senate Majority Leader and the Senate Minority Leader had affiliated super PACs as well as 501c4s. In both cases, tens of millions of dollars were transferred from the 501c4 straight to the affiliated super PAC. This is no small problem. In the jargon of campaign law, the quote primary purpose of a 501c4 nonprofit is not to be electioneering. It's deep in these weeds that dark money thrives. Section 501 of IRS code really isn't all that interesting to most people. And because no one is enforcing that part of the code, there's a good chance you don't know who paid for the attack ad you just watched on TV. The problem has come in that C4s especially, which are also kind of colloquially known as dark money groups, there's really no enforcement to make sure that their primary purpose is actually that social welfare aspect as opposed to that lobbying aspect or even trying to get candidates elected or to oppose them. Danielle Caputo is Issue One's Legislative Affairs and Programs Council. They are able to give just ridiculous amounts of money without ever knowing who's giving them. And then they give them to super PACs who disclose that it's, you know, the C4, but we don't know beyond that who actually gave that money. And as Caputo points out, the brazenness with which these 501c4 organizations or similar opaque LLCs are being used to hide donors without any consequences begs an important question. Effectively, I mean, you'll know if an individual has donated to a super PAC, but What incentive is there for a wealthy individual who can give unlimited sums of money to a super PAC to do so directly in their own name when they could just as easily go and set up an LLC or have a C4 that in some states, if you're setting up an LLC, you don't even have to give your name. So you would just have literally no record, no ability to know who is giving that money. There's really no incentive, right, for anyone to know. So yeah, the super PACs are going to say this LLC and this uh, 501c4 gave but we don't actually know who's the person behind that veil. Former Republican Congressman Denver Riggleman echoes Caputo's concerns that it's easier than ever for a donor to effectively hide their identity. You have all these individuals starting 501c4s to suck money in, but it does allow anonymity on a level that makes people very comfortable in a bad way that they can funnel those monies anywhere they need to go. I reached out to Riggleman for a different perspective. He's made quite a name for himself, calling him like he sees him in his first few months out of office. Riggleman isn't your average politician in the first place. Right-wing activists ran him out of office for officiating a same-sex wedding. Now he's a private citizen running his whiskey distillery with his wife. And he sees a dark money industry that has an incentive to protect itself. There's another dark side to this, as you know. You can easily leave Congress and go get a job with one of these super PACs or, you know, help a 501c4. So are you going to cut your own umbilical 
right, that, that's feeding you all of this, not only during Congress, but maybe after Congress. And big donors, are you going to isolate or make those big donors transparent that are actually putting monies to a 501c4 that might somehow cost you some kind of job afterwards? I, I think I think they're thinking about all of that. And that's that's the issue with politics right now is it is a business. It's, it's the business portion of this, I think, has trumped the service side of this. And I was screaming about this from the beginning, but I do believe that's where we're at right now is that business and money are, are just overwhelming the process right now. Ultimately, the craze of outside spending that fueled a half a billion dollars spent in November and December in Georgia is symptomatic of something much bigger, according to Riggleman. I think when you're looking at groups like what Trump is putting up right now, these huge left-leaning groups, these huge PACs or huge 501c4s, I think now everybody believes this is some kind of tribal war between good and evil. And uh, sadly, it's, it's gone away from policy to emotion. This is follow the money. And as long as the money is this large and people are making livings like this, I don't think money's going to go out of politics. Not this kind of money. I think it's just going to continue to increase. We'll be right back. We're taking a short break from today's episode to tell you about a show in the Democracy Group, a podcast network that Swamp Stories is a part of that's made up of other shows committed to fixing our broken political system. Politics in Question is hosted by three experts on American political institutions who discuss how our institutions are failing Americans and ideas for fixing them. They examine the state of our democracy by asking big questions about issues like gerrymandering, polarization, and much more. If you'd like to hear more, you can listen to Politics in Question on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show and learn more at politicsinquestion.com. All right, let's get back to it. So assume Riggleman is right, and the sums of money in campaigns isn't going anywhere but up. How do we combat the latest tactics that keep voters in the dark about who's funding the avalanche of negative ads that roll around every two years? Really, the best way to fight dark money is through transparency. Caputo explained to me that there are five things Congress could do to make dark money less dark. First, it could require all groups, including C4s and other dark money groups, to disclose all the large contributions they receive. Large contributions being like $10,000, $50,000, basically just the highest level, not the average individual who is donating this money. Second, disclose the biggest donors. The top donors could be disclosed in the ad so that people know who is funding this advertisement beyond just the dark money group name. Third, Congress should pass the Honest Ads Act, which would update online political advertising to be in line with television and radio requirements. With online advertising, one thing that's really prevalent is that you would never know that an ad is out there unless it was being targeted at you. And so this would kind of prevent that kind of invisibility shield by making it so that anyone could do a search and see what ads are, are out there. Fourth, and more coming in future episodes about this, the Federal Election Commission, a.k.a. the FEC, needs to be strengthened. Right now, there's no effective cop on the beat even to ensure that the current laws that are in place are being effectively enforced. So by strengthening the FEC and making it a more effective agency, you'll have just better enforcement of the current laws, but also new laws as they get passed. Finally, Congress can try to strike a balance between privacy concerns and the public's right to know who's trying to influence them and their political decisions. Dark money groups 
could be required to create segregated funds. Basically, donors could choose to donate to the segregated fund that would be making the political or campaign expenses, and their names would be disclosed. Or they could contribute to a general fund that would not engage in any campaign activities, and then that way they could choose to remain anonymous. On the next episode of Swamp Stories, we're sitting down with a former Republican lawmaker who spoke truth to power as a member of Congress and whose perspective on the 2020 election you won't want to miss. Thanks for listening to Swamp Stories, presented by Issue One, the country's leading political reform organization that unites Republicans, Democrats, and independents to fix our broken political system. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Even better, rate and review it on iTunes to help us reach more listeners. You can find out more at swampstories.org. I'm your host, Weston Wong. A special thank you to executive producer Ethan Rome, senior producer Evan Ottenfield, producer Sydney Richards, and editor Parker Tant from parkerpodcasting.com. Swamp Stories was recorded in Tennessee, edited in Texas, and can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group.